Hello there. I am David A. Specht, the original old dog. If there is anything I have learned in my 30 plus years of life and leadership, I have learned that mindset is everything. Join me and my guests as we explore the positives and negatives of that thing between our ears. This is Keep This In Mind. Welcome to Keep This In Mind, brought to you by SpectHealth.com. I am David A. Spect, and today is a very special show. I have my friend, Stan Medina, and somebody that I didn't know two years ago. In fact, we were at a couples retreat together with Coach Michael Burt and his wife, and we were all on the couches talking about, you know, being driven and and. and you know, we have these big goals and how do we become a power couple? And Stan and his wife were highly engaged. Matter of fact, I think Stan asked more questions than anybody in that group that, that day and that weekend. And, but we started following each other on social as a result. And I realized that, that Stan was somebody who really had to get his mindset right. He, where some people try to act their way, think their way into acting, he was an act your way into thinking individual, which really resonated with me. He created an entire movement called Massive Action that has just blown up across social media and beyond. He's got a YouTube channel. It's, but what's, what's interesting is this all comes from a guy, and he'll tell you the story, started in the collision repair business, started in body shop, and, and, and still is one of his core businesses today, but yet it's now so much more than that. Stan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Thanks, David. Uh, it's a pleasure having Pleasure being on your show. I've been, you know, since we've met, you know, you've you've actually really blown up yourself. I have to I have to commend you not only on on your brand but also on on your on your health. Well, thank and, you. And 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 I, I I see that I respect that and and I know how valuable that is because that's the that's the most valuable asset that we have that we sometimes neglect. Absolutely. So, Stan, I I want since since probably some people in my circle, and I know you'll be sharing this with your circle, but some people in my circle may have absolutely no idea who you are, where you're from. I know you're from Corpus Christi area, but yes. kind of give us, you know, the you know two minute to five minute story of where Stan was, where he is now, and how he got there. And it may take a little bit longer. I get it, but yeah, yes. I mean, sum it up briefly as I can. And if you want to stop me during, during the story and ask me specific questions, I can. Absolutely. Quick, quick story. My, my dad took his life when I was three years, three years old. Me and my mom located, we were in a small city of 15,000 to a population of 300,000. Uh, I was very out of place. I didn't fit in. I was overweight. I had an Afro. I was bullied. I didn't know how to read. I was labeled at a, at a young age of a kid that they didn't have a father figure. The way I would express my emotions was I was, I would act out as a, the class clown at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was seeking attention because I sucked, seeked out the wrong attention. I got labeled at a young age. And so uh, I didn't realize how damaging this was and how damaging it is still today on people with any kind of authority putting false labels on someone. Mm. And so it, long story short, I struggled through, through elementary, middle school. I got, I got sent to a, a drug rehab center for two years. I was hanging around with the wrong crowd. Uh, I was skipping school. They found, you know, cocaine, marijuana, pills in my system. They said, hey, this kid needs to go away. They sent me away. 
I was there for two years in middle school, came back, ended up having twin boys in ninth grade. And shortly after that, I dropped out. I had to just figure, figure things out. You know, um, I got into the auto body industry because that's kind of the, the only person that, that the only place that would give me a chance, you know, and give me, give me a job. But of course it was at the bottom, you know, I was sweeping floors, throwing oil. And I think that during that, during that, being involved with that, that, that company, it was a small group of guys. I, I kind of felt like part of a family and it was, it was a culture that they had there that I wasn't aware of, but it made me feel accepted. It, I wasn't being judged. I wasn't being labeled. You know, I was being coached. I was being, you know, cared for. And so I, I, I just gravitated to, 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 to the body shop industry. I bought it. I gra- basically gravitated to that business in that industry. And I, and I just stuck with it. From ninth grade, had twin boys, like I said, committed to just working. I would work seven days a week because I was working. I was exchanging, you know, hours for dollars. You know, I thought mm-hmm. if I work more, I'll make more money. So I just ended up working pretty much 24-7. This happened for about maybe 10 years, and it cost me my, my first marriage. Uh, we ended up separating. During When we separated, we had four, we had four kids, you know. I was on child support. I had back back taxes. My credit was a 500. You know, I ended up, I was on the, on the couch of my mom's, right? And, and I hit rock bottom. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't until I decided to, that, that day to just really change directions. And, and it's weird because it started with a personal commitment to myself. You know, it started, it started with a personal commitment to myself. And the first book I ever picked up, I was 23 years old. I never, I didn't know how to read till I was 23. The the first the first book that I picked up was the E Myth book by Michael Gerber, uh-huh. and I and I struggled for two years to read that book, but I got so many gold nuggets from it. One of the things that that really transformed me in within that book, I don't remember anything from the book except one little one little part, and that part was that he he said, "Hey, if you look yourself in the mirror every day and you say I am a leader, you're gonna start to have though you're gonna start to act out as a leader," mm. and and I did this. I did this because I didn't understand how to set up a KPI. I didn't understand how to build a culture. I didn't understand how to build none of this. All I knew was, hey, if I tell myself I'm a leader, he said it's gonna, something's going to change. You know, and sure enough, it did. You know, I, I eventually was able to start my own business. Of course, I, I started off as an operator. Anybody that starts their business, they start off as an operator. You know what I mean? And so I didn't understand that that's also a shift and, and roles. You have to, you know, the operator, the manager, then you become the owner. I didn't know this. But when it, when I was in an operator, I also hit a road because I was stuck doing all the work. I was stuck doing all the work. And one day, uh, you know, I just got so frustrated again. And I said, I, I need I need help. I need something. So I looked in the phone book and uh, his name's T. Bowman. He was an accountant here in Corpus Christi. He had one of the biggest CPA offices. And I called his office and I said, hey, I need to set an appointment with one of the CPAs to, to talk about my business. I didn't really have a business. I was a self-employed guy, you know, so proprietor. When I went that day, I ended up talking to Mr. Mr. Bowman. And I sat down and I, and I basically said, hey, sir, like, I really don't have business, but this is what I would like to do. Can you help me? He said out of the out of the, out of his whole career, he's like, no one's ever done this. He's like, no one has ever came and asked me for help. He goes, I respect what you're doing. 
And so what he did was I didn't realize what he was doing, but he was he was seeing how committed I was. And what he told me was he's like, I'll help you. We'll sit down and we'll have we'll have a four hour meeting and we'll, we'll dissect everything you want to do. We'll come up with an action plan. We'll put it on paper. He goes, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you twenty five hundred dollars. OK, I probably didn't have twenty five hundred dollars at the time. And I say, well, let me think about it. But, but looking back, what he did. Uh oh. Pause. I, I, I connected back. So, like I was saying, like he, what he was doing was the right thing as a leader, mm. because he wanted to see how committed I was. Right. You know, because you know, you you know, I know that information is free. Mm-hmm. It's the commitment that's hard. Oh yes, yes. You see, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people are scared to make that commitment. And so I told myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to spend that money on stupid stuff anyway. You know, you know, what, what, what do I got to lose? You know what I mean? That, and I, let me add to that because I see this all the time, right? You know, when, when somebody immediately comes up with a price objection to something that's going to improve their lives, it's really illustrating their commitment level, right? It, they're just, they're just not committed enough because if you really see the benefit, and 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 it can really improve your life. And it I mean your business life, your health life. I mean it's in all areas, right? It's going to pay a dividend. You know, in your health, in your health, the dividend is you get to live longer, you get to live a more abundant life, you get to be more active, you get and you can be more productive, which then helps all the other areas of life. And business yeah. is the same thing, right? You find those structures, those missing structures, those, you know, wrong people on the bus, get the right people on the bus, yeah. you know, all the things that you can't see. And it's worth it because it pays off. One of the things I want to go back to in your story, continue the story because, yeah, it's amazing. Number one, yeah, you, I would say that your story is unique in the fact that, like, like Mr. Bowman said, nobody generally goes and asks for help, right? They, they're, they're like, I got this, or I'll read this, or I'll do this. They very rarely, you know, raise the hand and say, I got this. But I want to go back to identity because you said something early on. You said, you were labeled a certain way because you acted out in class and you were looking for attention. And then the the system labeled you a, a very similar way. And they said, this guy needs to go to prison. This guy, you know, is a... But then you got into the body shop and you said, you know, they didn't judge, they accepted. While we are not, while we shouldn't let somebody label us or, or take it to, you know, to to affect our identity, obviously your identity evolved as you were going through the processes. Yeah. So, so how, how did you, how did you elevate your identity? To say, you know what? Better than what I'm showing up, but yet I'm also even better moving forward. How did your identity change? So, you know, really, really me. It's when, it's when I lost my family mm. uh, because, you know, because I, I was still stuck with that label. What I mean by that is like my, my label was, you know, this this guy doesn't have a father figure. He doesn't have no family structure. He's not educated. You know, he has tattoos. He's Hispanic. You know, all these, he, you know, he drives a low rider. You know, so I was actually I was actually playing the character of the labels they gave me. You understand? I said, OK, this is who I am. So this is what this person this is what this person does. You know, I, I did the was involved with drugs. I was involved with a bunch of girls, have five girlfriends. You know what I mean? Like went out, uh, did, did the whole, the whole label, you know, whatever that label is, these are the actions of that label. I, I was at. And then, and then 
came to the realization, like, you know what, like, I, I have the power of labeling myself. And I have the power of choosing what actions I want to do. You know, as my kids were getting older, I realized that, hey, you know what, like, you can't tell your kids what to do anymore. They're going to follow your actions. So that was also another mind shift because I said, hey, I can't tell my kids, hey, don't be smoking if I'm smoking. You understand? Like, so now they're going based off my actions. So, so I, I shifted it up. I, because see, I was so far. A lot of times we're so, we're, we feel like we're so much the underdog. We're so behind. We, we lost so much time. We're not educated. We don't have the money. So you can't just take regular action. You got to take massive action. Mm-hmm. So massive action is really a trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like yourself, Dave, like, like you're on this health journey. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably wish you would have started that a long time ago. Yep. So, so you can't just take the regular action. You got to take a little bit. You got to do a, a little bit one more, a couple of more reps, maybe that extra workout on a Sunday that you don't mm-hmm. feel like doing. That's the, that's the massive action. So whenever you see the massive action, it's really to remind you, Hey Dave, like, you know, you got to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the good thing about it is like you play the catch. If you do the, the massive action and you do, Hey, I'm just going to do a little bit more. I'm going to, I'm going to do one more podcast. I'm going to read one more book. What's going to happen is you're going to start to pass up some of the best because they get lazy as they get older. Oh, yes, yes. Complacent. So now the table, now the tables turn because they're comfortable where they're at. You know what I'm saying? The guy, the guy that was healthy in high school, that was the Mr. Mr. You know, number one, the sports, whatever. He don't look like that no more because he was comfortable. But you know what? You're going to you're going to outrun him. If you look at all the greats, all they did was outperform everybody else. They're not any better than you and I. They just said, "Hey, I got to take massive action because I'm the underdog. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that talent. I don't have the talent. I'm not born with these talents. I'm born with with the genetics. You know, you know the genetics. Like those guys that that they don't have. They can eat whatever they want, and they're still looking good. The genetics. But you know what? Those guys also get lazy. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. because they're they're dependent on those genetics. Yes. You know, one thing that you brought into and again, I love that massive action was like the wake up, right? The, um, you kind of feel like you're playing catch up, but you know that you can get there by taking massive. Yeah. Action. One of the, one of the things that you, you talk about and, and you talked briefly about it when you went to Mr. Bowman's office, but, and that is the mindset differences between operator, manager, and owner. And you've yeah. actually gone beyond that to investor. So, yeah. you know, what were some of the challenges for you making those, those those changes? I know for me, being a a an entrepreneur, I'm so used to doing everything myself. Letting go yeah. of the baby and letting somebody take it has been one of my biggest challenges. What are some of the challenges you faced going through those processes from from technician to manager to owner to investor? And what could you tell somebody in our audience how to how to get their mind right to make those progressions? Transition definitely. So so. I come from a technical background, so I was very hands-on. I never read the instructions. I said, hey, you know, there's a swing set there. Here are the instructions. No, I just give me a, give me some tools. I'll put it together. I don't need instructions. Most people are like that. They just want to start to get into it. Okay, there's two ways to generate income. There's going to be the physical labor, and there's going to be the mental work. Okay, mental work is part of the transition to a, to a manager and owner. Because, look, physically, let's say, for example, we have to dig a ditch, right? We can say, you know, I'll dig it myself. Okay, that's the physical part of it. But you can say, okay, how can I mentally dig this ditch? What does that mean? That means how can I get five people to do it for me? So now you're mentally trying to figure this. It's a problem. 
So in order to solve that problem, you got to develop those skills. You got to develop the sales skills, the communication skills, team building skills. You see, most people neglect that. They think that, you know, they're going to go work somewhere and they're, they're going to eventually just acquire those skills. I interviewed some people and I, and I said, uh, they say they have uh, sales skills. They said, yeah, I worked at T-Mobile for two years. I have sales skills. How many, how many sales books have you read? Well, I haven't read any. How many sales courses have you taken? I haven't took any. So what makes you a sales expert? What if you're, what if you're doing the wrong thing? You see, so you have to develop, you have to develop those skills by educating yourself on how to get better at that skill. And it's like a mechanic. Like they have to, they have to continually getting certified every year to be up to date of what, what's changing with the, the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? But technician, just like a technician, if they don't keep educating themselves, they become obsolete because they're, 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 they're in the past. So to answer your question, you got to say, okay, what, what is the job of a manager? What skills does a manager need? The, the manager needs communication skills. And, and if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a technician, if you're used to doing the work, you have to, transi- you have to transition your mind to say, you know what? I got to be more of a, of a teacher. And you got you to have the patience. Because see, a lot of technicians, a lot of people that try to transition, they don't have the patience to deal with people. And so you got to say, okay, I got to have the patience and I got to approach this like I'm coaching someone. So when someone asks you, you know, if you're at your business and someone asks you, hey, Dave, how do, how do we do this? You want to try to explain to them in a way to educate them. And, a lot, and what really works is if you say why. So if I say, hey, Dave, I need you, I need you to give me the list of, of the people that called in the last 15 days. Right. You're not going to know why you're doing it. So if I say, hey, Dave, I need you to give me the list for the people that called in the last 15 days. And this is why. Because our pipeline is getting low and I know those people showed an interest. And if we hit those last 15, they might still might still catch them. You see? So I'm also telling you what to do and I'm also educating you why we should do it. That way, you know why you're doing it. You're saying so it's really developing those skills. And the same thing as going as an owner. Right. Because, look, the technician does the work. The manager manages the people, communicates, hires and fires. The owner figures out how we're going to expand. How are we, how are we going to grow this? How are we going to scale this business? What kind of relationships do we need? Key relationships. The owner does that. For example, as an owner, I had to, uh, I had to wear that hat. And so what does that mean? So that means that I had to get involved with the community. Became a Rotarian. I became the, the Rotary president. I became district governor of my city. You know what I'm saying? I became a master mason. Like I'm involved in the city as an owner because I know that if I'm involved, I'm going to have key relationships to benefit the business. You see, as a technician, you, you got it. You got as a technician, you don't think about those things, no. but those all require skills to go out in the community, public speaking. So I was in charge. I, I was the president of a rotary meeting of 30, 30, 30 people. Okay. That, that, that club had judges, had lawyers, had doctors in there. You know what I'm saying? And so I, and so who am I? I was intimidated. But you know what I told myself? Before the meeting, I would play some, uh, I'll play uh, either French Montana, Future, and I'll tell myself I'm a leader. Boom, the trigger was on. I walk in, chest up, posture, because posture is everything. That's, you have to learn that skill. How are you going to walk into a room? Are you going to be slouched? Because if you're slouched, they're going to know this guy don't have no confidence. Why should I listen to him? You know what I'm saying? Are, are, is your handshake firm? Or are you, are you kind of doing this? 
because they're going to know, hey, this guy don't have no confidence. Why should I listen to him? That's good. That's that's See, so good. Yeah. So those are all skills. But you know what it comes down to? This is what it comes down to. You know what? Me and my son were driving the other day and he said something that was so powerful. He just said out of nowhere. He said, the first generation plants a seed. The second generation enjoys the shade. Ooh. I said, wow. I said, you got it, son. I said, you got it. So we're doing all this for the next generation. Delay gratification because I know I have two sons now. They're 28 years old. You know what I'm saying? All those, all those years that I, I went and, and spoke and I wasn't comfortable and I had to put myself in character and I had to push myself. They're, they're seeing, they're, they're enjoying some of that shade because of our network. That's so good. I would say a couple of things that I take away from, from what you just said. And that is number one, you got to skill up. We, and you and I have been through trainings after trainings about the yeah. need to skill up, you know, skip, you don't become a millionaire, you become a skillionaire first. But number two, and I think this is something that, that most people don't do. They can learn, they can be book smart. They can, they can listen to podcasts. They can, they can watch YouTube videos. Yeah. But at the end of the day, until they work the muscle of whatever skill they're trying to attain, it's really not going to benefit them. You know, you can yeah. learn how to public speak, but until you're you're the president of the Rotary and have to do it every week, you know, you really don't develop the skill, right? You have the knowledge, but yeah. you don't have the skill. Yeah. So I would say one of the biggest takeaways that, that I take from, from, from your mindset, when you say massive action, you're saying knowledge and skill. That you're 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 getting the knowledge either by asking yeah. for help or, or learning in some way from somebody who's been there, done that, or, or more knowledgeable. But then you're taking the action to get the skill to work the muscle. Would that be an accurate well, assessment of what massive action that, really is? That, you nailed it right there. So when I was when I was learning how to to read, I would do this is this is this is a very I'm going to, I'm going to come pack massive action, right? Okay. When I was learning how to read, when I was learning how to do something, I, I would, I would buy the book, listen to the audible, watch YouTube videos, because I knew that, that one of these, I was going to consume the information one way or the other. So I did all three and I still do that to the day because I, I'm just, I'm absorbing, I'm absorbing because, because you can read something, but not really get nothing from it. You can watch a video or the audible, you know what I mean? Like there's different ways to consume that. So I, I want to, Take advantage of all those because, you know, that goes back to people's learning style. People have different learning styles. And so I wasn't sure what mine was. So I said, you know what? I'm going to hit all three. One of them got to stick. But you know what? That's a form of massive action, you know, because I could have said, well, let me read this book and let me get discouraged. And but I said, no, I'm going to do the audible because, you know, in the car when I'm working out. So that's what it works. I wanted to I wanted to kind of share something. I want to give some nuggets here on on a couple of things. One of the things that helped me really kind of get solid on, on understanding who I was and what actions I was good at and what I wasn't was the book, The Strength Finders. You've probably heard of The Strength Finders, right? Anybody can buy that book, Strength Finders. There's also the Kobe test. Those are personal assessment tests. There's also a very good one. It's called The Print Test. That one's really good. The other one was, which ones did we do with Coach? This, the this test, those are all good tests to really understand who, how you operate. Uh, before I did the strength finders, I was ranked the number one custom painter in Texas. Okay. Like these are some high end. I got to the point where I was doing some high end work. 
Vegas, Dallas, Houston, Super Shows, awards, you know, whenever whenever you're doing, whenever you're involved with something with so much money, it attracts the wrong people, okay? So I knew I had to get away from that because my family won. But uh, back to, I guess, back to my story, but T. Bowman, he said, hey, I want you to, I'm going to suggest something and I want you to, I want you to do it. And I said, yes, sir. He said, there's a lady, her, her name is Kay. She's a business coach. I want you to call her. And I said, coach, like, this is the first time the whole business coach came to mind. Mm-hmm. She said, I want you to take the strength finders. We're going to figure out what you're good at and what you're not good at. What we got to change. My strength finders came back that I was, that one of my strengths was responsibility. That means if I say something, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Okay. She said that my strength was, was actually becoming my weakness because I was over committing to things. And so what I did was I had to get clear on what I really wanted for the future. And I only committed to those things. That's good. So now my, now my strength was actually my strength. So even to this day, I'm only going to focus on things that are going to move us forward. The family, you see, it's a bigger, bigger vehicle now. So you have to be very strategic. That is, And that's, I think so many people don't take the time to do that. They try to be great at all things. Yes. And, and they, they end up being just, they dabble and dabble move the needle. They never move the needle. You know, you know why famous people have ghostwriters because they can't write. They they know they can't write. So they, you know, it may carry their name on the book, but they didn't write it, you know? So, um, Let's talk, you know, briefly as we kind of bring this all back to full circle. Once you started seeing traction in your life and you started seeing the fruits of all the things you've been doing, you kind of changed. You shifted to where now you're trying to improve the lives of others from your experiences in life. I mean, it's really one of the reasons why you're on the podcast today is because you have this desire to to impact other people's lives. Kind of kind of tell me when that switch took place, that all of a sudden now you've gone from, you know, maybe training the people in your own organization to really trying to reach out beyond there and, and, yeah. and, and, and impacting people with massive action. You know, th- I think that that started off when, uh, when I started sharing just my story because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed of my story, you know, and I think once I was comfortable talking about it. I knew one of the things, like whenever I would mention my dad, I would start to cry because I didn't know, I didn't know. And so, but I, but I also realized that the more I talked about it, the better I felt. And so I started sharing more and more of everything. And and it wasn't until people started like reaching back to me on Instagram and Facebook says, Hey man, like I watch your, you know, I watch your videos and, and I appreciate you just being real. And, you know, I didn't you know the message you shared this morning, like, changed my life, you know, and I'm like, damn, that's, you know, like, I'm just, just being me, you know? And, and I think that's when it's like, okay, you know what? Like I can get these people to the next level. I I can get, because like my resources and my information and, and my business skills, like I can make anyone a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but it's not only about making that person a millionaire. Imagine what it would do to their family. So what it's doing for the family, you're setting the bar, you're setting the bar because if there's a family, that they've only dreamt of making a million dollars or earning a million dollars or be worth a million dollars. And someone in the family has done it. Now they know it's possible. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're changing, you're changing so much shit. Like, like you don't realize it. Like you're changing so much shit, like not now, but the next generation, because they're like, Oh yeah, my uncle made it was a millionaire. So ne- millionaires, 
it's possible someone in the family has done it. You see, you see, so you, you raise the bar kind of like the, the athlete that, you know, the, the sprinter that ran that, that mile and fastest time, you know, and they thought it was impossible. And then the next year someone did it and then they're like, Oh shit, it's not. So they started getting, you see, like once someone, once someone does it, has done it, then it becomes possible to that generation. That's good. Yes. And it, and it's in it, the conversation shift because, because it's not, it's not a, it, it's obtainable. Like someone in the family has done it. Why can't I do it? That's so good. So, so that, that's where, that's where it's going, you know, because that, that's about legacy, right? I mean, think about this, like one of my friends, like he, he invited me to, to Rotary, you know, and his name's David Bazan. You know what I mean? David Bazan might not be a multimillionaire or anything like that, but you know what? Because of what he did, his legacy lives on. You see what I'm saying? Like because he's part of someone. I said, and everything you do, again, whether it's, it's bonus, part of the story, this one, they're they're all part of the it's part of the story. It's part of the story. Like you know, it's part of the story. So like, it's the same thing with this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm gonna be like, hey, I was on. You know, I'm gonna share this story down the road. Right? You know, when I when I, when I'm worth a hundred million, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I was on this podcast with Dave. You know, yeah. <laughs> like see how you you become part of the story, and so you just you just like your legacy. That's your legacy. So good. So as we wrap up, how can people get a hold of you? I know you stalked you a little bit, so I know that you're out there just about everywhere. But what are some of the best places for people if they want to learn more about you, learn more about Massive Action? And, and and really kind of get involved with what you're trying to do. Yeah. So uh probably on Instagram at the Stan Medina. We have stanmedina.com where we have we have webinars on there. You know, people that want to join in on the webinar and uh I give them some blueprints on, on how to create some wealth and, and different strategies on how to transition from technician, you know, to manager to owner. You know, you shared I want to just give another go nugget real quick. You shared earlier uh I'm I'm gonna share two go go nuggets. If you can get part of, be part of a group, we have a private group. I'm not, it's for body shop industries or people that want to do real estate investing. But yesterday I called my guys from our group and I said, Hey man, I'm checking on you to make sure you're doing this. Right. And he's like, Oh man, thanks for calling me, man. He's like, dude, you don't understand how like this, you calling me makes me want to re-engage. And I said, look, I said, information is free. Like you can go to YouTube and you can watch YouTube all day about real estate investing or about growing your business. But when you're part of a network, you're part of a group, and they're holding you accountable, YouTube can't do that. YouTube won't do that. YouTube's not going to call you and be like, hey, I saw you watch the video for four hours on, on real estate. Have you have you cold called anybody? You know what I'm saying? So if you can get part of a group just to kind of keep you accountable and keep you pushing forward, that's going to be very powerful. The other thing, too, is like one way to figure out what you're good at or what you like doing is to look at your look at your job resume. And say, okay, you know what? Out of the out of my whole job career, this was the best job that I I enjoyed this job so much. I love going to this job. Everything was good. That might be what what your strength is going to be at. You know, you know, Dan Sullivan talks about the unique ability. That might be where you start to find that unique ability. You see what I'm saying? So, like, just looking at your resume, it'll it'll give you a lot of information of what you're good at. We whenever I interview anybody, they'll have. When they say, what are your skills? They'll have 20 skills there, all different. And I said, okay, out of this one skill, which one do you like the most? Which one do you like, absolutely like the most, right? And they'll be like, well, you know, I like kind of like the the data, the, the accounting part of it. 
And I said, why'd you put sales on your, on your, yeah, on your thing? Yeah. She's like, well, cause I, I've worked sales. And I said, well, people that a lot of like data and like numbers don't like sales. Right. So I'm just saying like, you, you're, so just put whatever you like on there. You know, I, it's going to be more valuable to that employer if you put exactly what you like, because they'll know what seat to put you in. Absolutely. You know, so I'm, I, maybe that will help someone out there, man. That is so good. Yes. So identity skills, action, these all come into play to make you the very best version of yourself. Action. So, guys, Stan, thank you so much for being yeah, on. I got I got something if if anybody uh if anybody hits me up on Instagram, I'll send them this free. I don't know if you can see it. Yep. Hold it there for a second. I bet the QR code will even work. Oh, the QR goes to our our YouTube channel. Oh, gotcha. Sweet. Can you see it or not? Yep, I can see it. Me and their mindset. Yeah, yeah so this, this has a lot of, of gold in there, man. It has a lot of gold. For anybody trying to transition and develop that millionaire mindset and figure out what skills they need, what network they need, you know, how they got to present themselves, how they got to show up. Got to show up, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We're going to close it out. God bless you, and God bless you for listening today. That is going to do it for this episode of Keep This In Mind. For more, visit davidaspect.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, applied knowledge is power. God bless.